The Barbarians of Rome, European Neolithic Period, Part 2, Cultures, Part 1. Now, the Indo-Europeans are to be found associated with the Neolithic cultures of Europe, and there are quite a few of these cultures. They include the paint pottery culture of southeastern Europe, the banded pottery culture of the Danubian area, the Western European culture, which is Iberian Peninsula, France, and Britain, the Swiss lake-dwelling culture, the Northern European megalithic culture, the single grave corded ware battle axe culture of Upper Saxony and Thuringia, and the bell and zoned beaker cultures. Now we're going to look at the first four of these. The main area of the painted pottery culture was north and west of the Black Sea, an area of very fertile agricultural land. The bearers of this culture had an implement called uh, by its shape the shoe last. It was used as a hoe. They made clay figures of animals and women, which would be indicative of their religion that was based on some form of fertility cult. They used spiral and meander de decorations on their pottery, which was handmade and sun-dried. But before drying, this pottery was elaborately painted, several colors being used. It is a highly advanced ceramic art, probably as advanced as any before the discovery of the pottery wheel. Painted pottery appears to be of Asiatic origin. It is found in Turkestan on the Asiatic steppes and as far east as China. The important stations in the Near East are Susa and Anno. Probably that this form of pottery developed in close association with the agricultural establishments, settlements, in eastern Mesopotamia and then spread in various directions. An attempt to derive the painted pottery from the banded pottery of the Danube has not proved to be successful. Now, settlements of the banded pottery culture are found in the Los areas of the Danube Valley. These settlements have yielded evidence of the remains of oxen, goats, sheep, and pigs, also proof that wheat, barley, millet, and flax were cultivated. The typical polished stone implement is here also, the shoelast silt. The pottery is unpainted, but has banded and spiral ornamentations. These fertility statuettes are quite common. The people do not seem to have been very warlike since the only thing resembling a weapon is a disc-shaped mace head. There can be little doubt that the clay fertility statuettes of both the banded and the painted pottery cultures. Cultures are in origin connected with the fertility tra traditions of Western Asia. In all probability, the bearers of the banded pottery culture were an early wave of agriculturists whose migration began before the introduction of the painting technique. There are some significant resemblances between painted and banded pottery cultures, but there are also significant differences. Neither one can be derived from the other. The Western European culture covered a wide area and included a number of local cultures. The type of pottery is represented by the Michelsberg ware, a simple unornamented type showing very little artistic originality. Characteristics of the Western European culture are the megalithic structures of Spain, France, and the British Isles with their chamber graves, menhirs, and stone circles, alignments, and long barrows of Britain. Uniformity in such a complex structure did not, of course, exist. It is merely a matter of convenience to classify them all as Western European. One thing seems certain, that there was a spread of the Mediterranean racial type amongst this area along the way from Spain by the Atlantic littoral to the British Isles. This contact between southwestern Europe, northern France, and the British Isles can be demonstrated by the presence of Mediterranean skulls in the graves and long barrows. 
The agriculturalists of the banded pottery culture exhibited definite expansive tendencies. They expanded to the west, influencing the culture of the Swiss lake dwellings and produced a number of mixed cultures as a result of the contact with the northern megalithic culture, which had expanded into central Germany. The culture of the Swiss lake dwellers shows shows possibility the greatest degree of variation of all the Neolithic cultures. It was a continuation and elaboration of the same idea which was responsible for the raft-dwelling sites of the Maglamus and the kitchen-midden people of the north. Over 200 of the lake dwellings had been found in Switzerland, mainly for the purpose of protection. These dwellings were built on platforms resting on piles driven into the bottom of lakes in shallow waters near the shore. Most of the pile dwellings have been discovered during periods of low water and reconstructions have been made from the ruins found. That these people were fishermen is proved by the finding of fish hooks, harpoons, and nets. They also knew the art of weaving. Flint axes in staghorn sockets have been found in large numbers. They were also acquainted with agriculture and had domesticated animals. Sickles have been discovered, dried grain, dried apples, stones used for crushing of the grain. The bones of many domestic animals have also been identified. There was a Burkanial element among the Swiss lake dwellers, and this seems to have been the dominant type until strongly influenced by invasions from the north. In all possibility, these people became acquainted with the agriculture as a result of cultural influence from the Danubian area. The typology of the megalithic graves in northern Europe is quite clear, especially in Jutland, the Danish islands, and in Holstein Schleswig, and in the peripheral regions, southern Sweden and northern Germany. They are classified according to three types. A, the dolmen, from a Celtic word meaning round table. B, passage or corridor graves. And C, the stone cyst. This is not the only typology, but also the chronological order. The dolmen is a small chamber designed to contain several burials, erected on the surface of the ground by means of large stones set upright. These are also called erratic blocks left by waning ice sheets. Four or five of these blocks and over this large covered stones were laid. The indices in the walls were filled with smaller stones and the whole of this is then covered by a mound of earth, leaving only the top of the covered stones exposed. In many cases, a circle of smaller stones marks the circumference of the earth mound. The next stage in the evolution was the erection of a short corridor made of two or more smaller stones. With the extension of this corridor over the covering stones were laid the dolmen, which became the passage grave. This had a much larger chamber, often with smaller ancillary rooms. Sometimes the passageway could also be used for the disposition of the dead. Variation of the dolmen, and sometimes a combination of the dolmen and the passage grave, was the long grave, where in a roughly rectangular enclosure, often 200 feet or more in length, two or more of these dolmens were placed with or without a corridor entrance. The stone cysts were made of thin stone plates, giving the effect of long stone coffin. This is the corridor of the passage grave without the chamber into which the corridor provided a covered entrance. Probably a shortage of erratic blocks may have had something to do with the change in this method of construction. So that is the first group of them. We'll finish the second group next time, and we'll start with the northern megalithic pottery people. Now, the sources for this, the Germanic people, their origin, expansion, and culture by Owen, Civilization of the Celts by Lonay, and Civilization of the Steppes by Conrad. 
So I hope you enjoyed that. And as always, don't forget to come by the website, summahistorica.com or historyaccordingtobob.com and ask a question, leave a comment, check out our merchandise, and if you like what we're doing, please feel free to support us. Thank you very much.